0: Sunday Betfair Edge. Play both sides of the bet this AFL season with lay betting, exclusive to Betfair. What's gambling really costing you? fans out there, it probably felt like a miracle when Dan Houston kicked that magnificent goal after the siren at the MCG against the Bombers. It was a tough day if you're a Gold Coast supporter in both codes yesterday, with the AFL side, the Suns, getting absolutely hammered by Collingwood. Meanwhile, their NRL counterparts, the Titans, were a bit stiff. A controversial no-try call, ensuring that they lost to the Canberra Raiders in an interesting encounter there yesterday. And of course, the Ashes continues to rumble on. Obviously Australia in the box seat against England, but a controversial non-catch call will be very interesting in the wash-up and, of course, Wimbledon gets underway in the ensuing hours. Damien Watson with you on the Sunday Betfair Edge, back or lay AFL markets exclusive to Betfair. Imagine what you could be buying instead if you want to text in 0433 98 11 16. and I say a big welcome back to the main man at Betfair, the Baron of Betfair, Tommy Haylock. How are you, Tommy? Good evening,
1: yes. Great to be with you, Damo. It sounds like you've come straight from Revs with tunes like that um, on I a Sunday morning.
0: I know a lot of listeners probably don't like it, but I just thought Miracle it probably uh, matched the kick after the song. I loved
1: it. Get everyone fired up. Uh, what an evening of sport and cricket and football, and I don't know where to turn last night. There was yeah. channels galore. I needed four TVs. We had the Grand Prix I on You would have tested well. your back, uh, Tommy. I know. I, uh, <laughs> lots happening, and I can't wait to get stuck into it. Some controversy. The lay going to be huge. I've had two weeks off to think about a few lay Um Lots going on, Damo. Great to have you here.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Now... Just in terms of a topic that I wanted to raise, 433981116 it's been talked about on social media, in AFL circles in particular. What's the highest degree of difficulty you've ever seen in a kick after the siren to win a game of footy? And I'm happy to throw this out to the listeners. If they have any stories at local footy, because people will be driving around potentially today with the kids at junior footy or they're on their way to the Carlton v Hawthorne game today, let us know what's the best... After the siren goal story, or hardest after the siren goal story that you've ever seen or witnessed, zero four double three, ninety-eight, eleven sixteen. Just in AFL terms, Tommy, I reckon Malcolm Blight nineteen seventy six has to be the greatest degree of difficulty. He was seventy five meters out, kicked a barrel to win the game for North Melbourne against Carlton. But in recent times that Houston goal has to be right up there, maybe along with Nunes for Carlton.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say Nunes. he's the obvious that comes to mind. Was it was Nunes as harder than Houston's?
0: I would argue yes. It was Dewey the night that he kicked the goal against Fremantle Was it back in 2020 from memory. Uh, he was outside the field of play, outside the boundary line, whereas Houston was inside the field of play, yes. maybe a little bit further out. Although Houston's goal was in the wet, so it's an interesting one. I'd still say in terms of the angle, that's a harder degree of difficulty in my book, so I would go with Nunes, you, but people want Did Nunes
1: might... win goal of the week? Did he win goal of the year?
0: I don't know if he won goal of the year, although 2020 was a weird year. Has there been calls
1: for Dan Houston to be goal of the
0: year? Uh, I suppose due to the pressure. Have we seen anything to better it so far this season? In goal of the year? Maybe. Paul Curtis had a good one, I reckon, well, back in Jamie round Jamie Elliott kicked a good Jamie goal Elliot.
1: yesterday, but... Um, all about the young Brisbane star. He wins.
0: Oh, Will Ashcroft. Will Ashcroft's goal.
1: Yes, he's got uh, a hand on the prize already. Um, but I probably early laboured that Dan Houston's goal. Even I, I think Dan Houston's is a much better goal than Elliot's. To be honest, so there's a little controversial start off. Ooh. Um I, I didn't think Elliot's was that amazing. He tapped the ball back in play, and it fell back metre s- from the
0: goal. Simply because it's Collingwood.
1: Yeah, it's the supporters. <laughs> They're up and about. Why not? Um, so. Yeah, the I, I, Dan Houston's goal was outstanding. Obviously, got Plugger Lockett's point with a sore groin you mentioned off air. Yeah, I didn't even know he had a sore groin, but um, in, in terms of... In the 96 prelim, yes. In terms yep. of importance, that point uh, or that goal uh, after the siren is going to be huge for Essendon's season. Obviously, um, next week, they've got the Crows, mm. uh, and it's an eight-point match. The winner of that, or well, probably the
0: loser of that, is going to be hard to play finals. So... Massive game coming up next weekend. Yeah, no doubt about that. The Texts are flying through. 0-4-3-3-98-11-16. There's a few here that have nominated goals just before the siren. But uh I, I suppose given the circumstances last night, we'll go with goals after the siren. We didn't
1: even mention Jordan Dawson. Showdown. Doesn't get any bigger yeah. than a
0: showdown. Jamie Elliott last year against Essendon is the yes. obvious one. Uh yes. because that was a pretty, pretty difficult angle as well. Uh, Roy says Dob Sheed. That was before the siren in the 2018 Grand Final, but obviously that's that's clutch, clutch. That is huge. That's yeah. up there with Fred Stafford in 1947 Gee, winning you're the game for my Carlton my memory. How old Jessica? were you then, mate? Yeah, minus uh, 48 <laughs> or something for Vola versus Essendon from the 50 on the boundary line. That was pretty hard and. He was pretty much on the fence at Amy Stadium, wasn't he, in mid-2004? But that was before the siren as well. Malcolm Blight, yes, also off the text machine. Jack Nunes as well. So plenty of those coming through. 4 98 11 16 Andrew from Ballyang. G'day, Debo. Tom Hawkins' goal after the game, after the siren against Hawford in 2012. He was a long way out, Bob was directly in front.
1: And the miracle of the turf, or miracle on miracle turf. Miracle on grass. Was miracle it? on grass, yes. yeah. Ash McGrath. Yes, that good memory. That was That's... In terms of the last final clutch play, that's right up there. The yes. way they came back, what was it, eight goals in the last quarter or something, nine yeah. goals in the
0: last quarter? That's right. What about Peter Riccardi, this will hurt Carlton's supporters who are listening in. Peter Riccardi in 2002. So Carlton came back from 37 points down at three-quarter time. Matthew Lappin kicked a goal with 30 seconds, 35 seconds to go to give them the lead after a controversial 50-metre penalty. And then Geelong win it out of the centre – deliver it to Peter Riccardi who marks on the 50 and he kicks the goal, probably the worst kick of his life in terms (laughs) of technique because it was a floater but kicks the goal after the siren to win the game for the Cats in 2002. Although Simon Wiggins still to this day claims he touched the ball on the way through. Your it was me- never cool.
1: Your memory is outstanding. Um, to this day, I'm still shocked that Mitch McGovern kicked that goal after the siren to draw against Collingwood. When 2017. I think Adelaide were 50-odd points down yep. in the third quarter. And even in the last quarter, they were 40-odd points down. And I still don't believe he kicked that. That was a sensational mark too. We can go to Mark's, Leo Barry's, Clash Mark.
0: <laughs> we, we could talk oh, all day about this, don't uh, I? Yeah. I've got a nomination from local footy in terms of Good. degree and difficulty. Yes. that I reckon would trump anything in the AFL. So it was a grand final in the northern part of Victoria back in the early 90s. Way I I forget who the opponent was. It might have been the Merker or one of those teams. So Way I is, from, is where Anthony Stevens is from, near Shepparton. Mm. And <laughs> there was a free kick given to a Way I player in the middle of the ground. They're trailing by a couple of points. The siren goes. So the opposition team thinks they've won the premiership. They celebrate over the mark. So there's a 15-metre penalty, which it was back then. Brings him to about 65 metres out from goal. The opposition team are celebrating. They've already given up. Sends a barrel, a torpedo forward from 65 metres out. It bounces through because no-one bothered to go on the goal line. There's vision of this. It was on the Almost Footy Legends segment on the footy Ah, show. good. Yep. And it bounces through, and way I win the flag after the siren. <laughs> now, if you've seen the vision, it is absolutely extraordinary. So, but happy to hear people's nomination 0433981116. Greatest degree of difficulty for a kick after a siren.
1: how good is social media for this, too? You've yes. got baseline on, um, on the yeah. TikTok and the social media, Instagram and whatnot, to do all the local games. You, you see a underage,
0: a lot, lot of underage stuff. Yeah. Correct.
1: Um, Cameron Smith. Can get to NRO, he kicked a couple of clutch um, yeah. what, goals as well. What about conversions.
0: What about a conversion from John Eels in 2000? <laughs> Do you remember that at Eden no, Park? I don't. That was to win, that was when the Wallabies and the All Blacks had some classic encounters in the late 90s, early 2000s. The best was in 2000. That's when NRL, uh, NRL that's when uh, Union was at its peak. Yeah, agreed. Mm. And John Eels, towards the back end of his career, conversion from a long way out to win for the Wallabies against the All Blacks at Eden Park, where they always struggled to win the wallabies uh, against a ferocious all blacks team and crowd that day
1: amazing um so we'll we'll touch on a few other sports if you want to. Uh, obviously um, overnight as well beth mooney clutch yes. speaking of clutch she uh, brilliant tense uh, innings to get uh, Australia over the line. Obviously, they won the first Ashes test, the
0: the women. Yes, that Uh, was a good test match as well. Ash Gardner with eight wickets, and I'll tell you what, that's going from strength to strength. Women's cricket, I reckon, certainly the Australian team is. Australia team are sensational,
1: but um, with a ball to spare, Australia won overnight. We've got the men's, obviously. Oh, yes. Lots of labians coming from last night's cricket and the series. Um,
0: Gee, the GOAT, Gary Lyon, coming out on one leg. Yes, Nathan Lyon, of course. For those who are unaware of it, there, Gary is well known.
1: Um unbelievable performance by him. A lot of people are potting him for coming out and saying he shouldn't have done it and whatnot. Oh, but that was—they said the
0: same thing about Rick McCosker in the 1977 cemetery test when he broke his jaw and still came out the bat. The great Alan Border would have just said, "Put your pads on, son, yeah, and get out that's... there." Um, but what a
1: what an evening of sport we had last night and tonight. The, the cricket's just going to get better.
0: And Wimbledon as well. The UK Wimbledon. seems to be the place to be, doesn't it? Seems oh, like every second person... Half we had of, of SEN's S- S-
1: S- on a junket up there.
0: Oh, no, no. Just no. Gareth, look.
1: he's doing a good job. Um, Hutchie's
0: up there, I think. Hutchie, I yeah, it. Hutchie
1: went over to the UK. Um, Royal Ascot was on. Sensational viewing as well, so... And,
0: and Wimbledon to look forward Wimbledon. to. And it'll be interesting to see how Nick Kyrgios goes because he hasn't played a lot of competitive tennis this year. He's played a few exhibition matches, but... Lack of preparation in the lead up will be interesting. I think he's got David Goffin in the first round and yeah, he obviously trying to follow up from making the final, the men's singles final last year. I don't know if he'll go as far this time because he hasn't played a lot of tennis in the last six months. So we'll get to the market. Does
1: markets. he ever play a lot of tennis? Oh he He's a part time tennis player, isn't he? I I think he's based on his to press mature, conference. Yeah, he's...
0: I think he's starting to mature a little bit based on his press conference last year. I think three years ago you could tell he just didn't stuff, did he? <laughs> no, no. Just playing for the Patriots. No. Well, he, I think he admitted it himself in the in one of the press conferences that, you know, he was thinking even about giving it away. Yep. Back in 2019. 4 98 11 16 This first segment has flown by and plenty of text messages flying through. Chris from West Meadows, Top Hawkins' goal after the siren to keep the at curse going. The Cats. That was great. The Cats still on the back. That was a good call from Dennis, wasn't That's it? That's good. Uh, and shout-out to Bruce McEvoney as well, part of the AFL Hall of Fame this week. None better. very good caller. Absolute legend. Uh, oh, 87 prelim, of course, Gary Buchananara. Now, when you think of the pressure... I, I wasn't watching. Oh, well, before you and I were probably both born. But I'm sure everyone's seen, if you're an AFL fan, seen the replay of that because there was a 15-metre penalty when Jim Stein's right over the mark. Oh, Still a yes. tough angle, 45 metres out to... Uh, Give Hawthorne a grand final berth in 1987, coming back from 20-odd points down at three-quarter time. He kicks the goal to win the game after the siren. And they moved it. The degree of difficulty is heightened by the fact that with about 15 seconds to go, the ball was at full back for Hawthorn. They moved it straight up the corridor, got it to Buchananara within about 10 seconds. So there's a lot happening. There's no doubt about that and a lot to reminisce about as well. Langs has nominated bucanara uh, I was there as a Melbourne supporter, says anonymous. Buckenara versus Melbourne. Carmichael hunt to win Gold Coast game against <laughs> yes. Richmond. That's a great one. I enjoy that. I suppose given his background, but it was a pretty simple shot, wasn't it? Oh, I loved it. Oh, I thought that was that was a real highlight. No, I agree. We got to talk about. I the...
1: like I like what he did for Gold Coast. He's probably a silly kind of call, but mm. I didn't mind him going going there and doing what he did. I thought I actually got had respect for him. For giving Give me the a a go.
0: Crack, and he he performed admirably. He's one of the very few modern day tri coders, isn't he? Union, league, and AFL. Done well. You've got to give him credit for that. Zero four double three, ninety eight, eleven sixteen. We've got to talk about this whole Mitch Stark controversy as well. We spoke about Nathan Lyme, but uh, the because, catch that wasn't apparently. Well, have you got many lay bins, Domo? Well, that's coming up on the other side of this. Message and, in. Yep. Message
1: in. What's the number, demo?
0: Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. The message in your lay bin. We've already received a couple. We'll take a break. Back with more on the other side. You're listening to the Sunday Betfair Edge. Damien Watson and Tommy Haylock with you. Back or lay test cricket only at Betfair. What's gambling really costing you? Boy, for... And don't forget, you can back or lay AFL markets exclusive to Betfair. Imagine what you could be buying instead. What do you like to lay first up? So
1: I've got a few. Um, demo. who's the major sponsor for Australia. The cricket team, do you know?
0: Well, it used to be Alinda. Is it Qantas in the? It's Qantas, Yes, yeah.
1: correct. Now my dad was delayed on Friday night, flying from Melbourne to Adelaide. He was delayed mm. two hours. Yep. And of the
0: course, these days I think in yes. most airlines, I guess correct.
1: So he's lucky enough. He got into the lounge and sat at the lounge. It was like, I can have a, a few reds and watch the cricket. Yep. You'd think, being the major sponsor of the Australian cricket team, they'd have the cricket on, wouldn't you? I
0: would think so, given their. Obviously appealing to an Australian clientele. Nope. No cricket on. He even asked to put the cricket on and they said no. What did they have on instead? I don't
1: know. I wasn't there, but this is... Uh, it's in the lay Antiques Roadshow or something.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah.
1: You're the major sponsor of the I Australian cricket team and your own Qantas Lounge can't put the cricket on.
0: Yeah. Get in the lay And he's probably paying for that privilege as well, isn't he? Correct.
1: Yeah, although his work is one of the two. Correct. So that's in the lay yeah. Um Collingwood supporters... Saying that Jamie Elliott's goal is the goal of the, goal of the year, get in the lab in.
0: <laughs> Settle down. Houston's overtaken it by. 3 oh, Houston a straight... wasn't
1: even goal of the round.
0: Oh, that's right. Well, Ashcroft's still in front as we. I, probably still, don't
1: think, I, st- I still don't think. I still I think that goal. Like it was a good goal. Don't get me wrong, but it was no but goal of the year.
0: No, wouldn't
1: be in the top ten. Mind you, opinion. Andrew
0: Cracker got goal of the year ahead of Andrew Walker, famously in 2011 or infamously. Oh, don't get me started on the voting of all this yeah. stuff. He'll probably win goal of the year if it's done in a public Mm -hmm. vote.
1: I've got plenty more, so you can jump in any time.
0: I've got a serious one, too. All right. I lay bin. The countdown clock. Why do we persist with the countdown clock when it's more exciting with the count-up clock uh, five-minute warning style? No, Davo. Imagine how exciting it would be if you're a viewer at home watching the football. This could be an eddy code, really. No, Davo. And... You don't know how long there is to go. I think it heightens the excitement. Oh, you're in the lay-bin. No. (laughs) What's your contention the other way around? I just like knowing the score. Just get a bit of tape and stick it on the TV don't so you can't see. But then if they've got it in the defensive zone and it's clear with about 10 seconds to go that they're not going to make it to the other end in time and they're behind on the scoreboard, it takes the excitement. It saps the excitement just a little bit.
1: Yes. um, No, I like the countdown. I don't mind it.
0: Uh, if, I, if, I want,
1: if I want that kind of experience, go to the game. Yeah, but. That's why going to the game makes. That's what makes going to the game a bit more. a bit different, a bit more exciting.
0: Okay, fair enough. But I still think for the viewer, they could experience the same thing as well. You've just proved my point saying it's more exciting. I said it's a different experience. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> I was careful it's more exciting.
1: Exactly.
0: Got any more? All
1: right. You no, just need a pop plant in the bottom left of your screen or something to cover the clock, mate.
0: Probably the umpiring decision to the cricket this inconsistency with what's considered being in control of a catch. I mean, that Steve That is a joke. Steve Smith probably was in less control of his catch earlier on than Mitch Stark late to what I thought was the dismissal of Duckett. Duckett's gone on to make 50 now, and he's still at the crease, along with Ben Stokes, England, still have a hope. We're probably talking out of our own patriotism here, but... Mitch Stark no, was clearly It is rubbish, control. Damo. It yeah. is rubbish.
1: He controlled that catch more than, as Ricky Ponding said, after the match, after the day's play. He's controlled that catch more than every slips fielder in the history of the game. He's taken it. He's taken it cleanly. He had control of this it. This is in the outfield. For those so, who are listening
0: who haven't seen it, so Mitch Stark took the catch cleanly in the outfield and then to try and maintain control of his balance as he was sliding, he put the ball on the ground. Yeah, it wasn't even like... After he took the catch. It wasn't even a deliberate thing to... um, I've seen that happen before many times, and the umpires haven't paid it as a non-catch.
1: He was in complete control of his body, too. He knew what he was doing. It was not like... It's not Herschel Gibbs, 1999. No. And every slips filter throws it up as soon as they take it. Like, he had more control over the ball before... And you mentioned Smith's catch. Like, it's the inconsistencies here.
0: Yeah.
1: How is Smith's a catch if they aren't paying Starks. Yeah. It is ridiculous. At be consistent, you know. Um, I'm not agreeing with those that said Duckett should have walked because you don't walk for that, but mm. you'd feel bad if you were Duckett. Would Adam Gilchrist have walked? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, but that is, like, you can't feel good about yourself if you Duckett. You've been, you're out. Mm. Ridiculous. No, so right. that's incredibly frustrating. The inconsistencies there. Um, the bowling last night, Mm. And the way the Australian cricket team handled the bowling, absolute lay Oh, okay. Yep. So Nathan Lyons came out on one leg and shown the other six batsmen from Australia what a pull shot is. <laughs> is, there, is there any chance Australia could pull the ball along the ground? you got mm. Robinson bowling 125-kilometre short balls. High. You know they're going to be short. Yep. Just hit the ball along the ground. Cameron yep. Green, he's faced an hour, he's played an hour of cricket made hardly any runs, and then decided to finally hit one in the air straight down the field of stroke. Dumb, dumb
0: cricket. I guess there's that temptation, and I suppose he'll increase with experience. Yeah, I agree with you. Just
1: rock back, play a pull shot, get your bat high, come low, and hit the ball along the ground, an easy run. If you keep doing that, like, I could have hit Robinson's short. If I know they're coming, (laughs) I could have hit those for for a single. Um, It's just that... And if he was playing IPL, he scored a brilliant 100 in the IPL, he would have hit that over the fence. It's just the tension and getting, in, getting inside their own heads that they can't play a pool shot.
0: Lyon came out and mm. just hit, hit about six pull shots along the ground. Would Ollie Robinson get a game in any other test team, maybe aside from the West Indies or Yeah, he, those teams. he would, but not, not the big probably
1: not the big. three or four power. But his yeah. actual record is pretty good.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't know what, what England are going to do with the pitches. Jimmy Anderson looks lost, especially if they're going to bowl this short rubbish. <laughs> um, he's not going to get a
0: game. Does Baz get in the lay bin or not if you're an England supporter?
1: Well, that, this is to my point, Damien, because Baz doesn't seem to come well, into is play. A myth? Is this it a myth? doesn't seem to come into play when they're bowling, does it? They've mm. bowled short defensive cricket. They didn't take the new ball. That's twice they haven't taken the new ball. Yeah. I thought they were all about aggressive and positivity and what's good for the game and the image for the game. And suddenly they just bowled absolute boring rubbish for an hour and a half. So they've gone against Baz
0: well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because do they change their tactic? Now, if they go two down, do they have to change their tactic or do you maintain the course? It'll be an interesting test yeah, for is, McCullum. It here. is,
1: yeah. Uh, hopefully Australia can knock them off tonight. Um, I can't wait for that. Kevin Peterson, he's in the layman. Just, I don't need to give a reason, do I? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: just his <laughs> negative commentary. Yeah, um, but that, it's part of the pageantry and of the oh, Ashes and gamesmanship. The commentators are getting into it as it's well. A, the commentators
1: are. Ricky Ponting, yeah. he's on the backboard. Everything he, Ricky Ponting does, I love him. Have you noticed whenever
0: Kevin Peterson speaks and Ricky Ponting's next to him, he makes these eye rolls yes. or just like a, a quizzical look whenever the, Kevin Peterson speaks. The
1: best comment was when Peterson talked about how he controlled the game and owned the game and yes. Ponting just said he made 40. He's out there. It's so good. <laughs> Uh, great work by uh, Ricky Ponting is the great man. Um,
0: plenty of text messages coming through Yeah, here. read a few out. All right. Andrew from Sydney. Lay bin. How did the tips from the Ascot Carnival expert go at SEN and continuing to pot Nick Dacos. Give it up, boys. Ooh, who's potting Nick Dacos? I think that was Carl oh, who oh, was in maybe. last week. Yeah. yeah. He's, but, a, he's a jet, Nick Dacos. Um Headbands can get in the lay bin. Why do either oh. Norton or Broad wear them, says Anonymous? Yes. Oh, it's Broad because... Broad hasn't got long hair. It's, but it's, it's all not about alleviating the sweat that goes towards your eyes. If you sweat a lot, regardless of how good your eyebrows or how bushy your Where eyebrows a sweat are,
1: sweatband, not a headband.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's a fashion statement as well. David Schwartz used to wear a headband back in the day, the early nineties. Although I suppose he had long hair then. Fashion statement. Uh, off the SMS, so one bloke can throw a ball to another to avoid going over the boundary line, and that is still out, or step outside the boundary and back in to complete a catch, Ah la the Big Bash. Yes. Starks was not out. Absolute lay-bin. 100% it's a lay-bin. Yeah. Also, off the SMS, Chris says, can I lay all the attempted Houston headlines? Houston, no problem, Exhibit A. Oh, well, that's the goal of the
1: siren. Good lays. Good lays. There's a few. and All the, all the poor power... Uh, headlines, power outage and all this stuff. It's all been done before. Yeah. Um,
0: we exercised it probably in the first few years that they existed.
1: Yes, correct. Uh, a couple from the text on my end, Damo, um, yep. goals. Blake Akers kick one for Frio after the siren from about 50 from Scotty from Bayswater. Yeah, yeah. He might have Robbie Gray, Peter from Moody Bay.
0: Yeah, against the Blues, I reckon, on the against boundary the line and the Gabba and, and when we were in COVID.
1: Peter from Moody Bay said, I can still see Annie Ma's face, so that's a good one.
0: Oh, well, what, after Collingwood v. Carlton? No, after year. Robbie Gray kicked that goal oh, against okay. Carlton. It's hard to, hard to differentiate because there's been so many losses involving Carlton after the siren over the journey.
1: Braden said, countdown clock all the way. Uh, he said, uh, Damo, that was geez. dead set cheating by that third umpire. That's a joke of a decision. I've seen <laughs> players throw it in the air quicker than that. Yeah, I agree, Braden. Um, what else have we got? Countdown clock all the way. So he's, yeah. he's on the side. Shannon from Bottles Bays. Got a question. Thoughts on Maya withdrawing its partnership from the Flemington Spring Carnival? Mm. Is it a sign that the racing boom is on a slight downward
0: swing? I'd be interested in your thoughts because does that affect the hip pocket significantly? Emirates have gone away from it, obviously, in the last six or seven years.
1: Yes. I'm not surprised that Maya have done it. It is disappointing. But Maya,
0: I should mention, though, and just a caveat to this, sorry to interrupt, but Maya, you know, we're in a retail climate where there's cost of living challenges for people maybe that affects their bottom line as well and they have to withdraw some sponsorship.
1: Yeah, it's disappointing. Um, it is a sign of, uh, I wouldn't even say a slight downswing. Um, Shannon, i say it's a, it is a downswing and it was always going to happen because post-COVID racing continued, there was a real boom around wagering. There was always going to be a downturn with wagering and the racing industry uh, and it was the challenge of the industry that had to capture that audience while they had it and do better and probably they didn't do enough or didn't... Uh, weren't successful in doing it in capturing that audience. Now sports back and obviously um, wagering on sports and massive competition to racing as well. So um, it's disappointing, Shannon, but good question.
0: All right. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. The text in time for the news. You're listening to the Sunday BetFair Edge, back or lay test cricket only at Betfair. What's gambling really costing you? <music> If you're enjoying this Sunday morning, wherever you may be listening around the country, it's the Betfair Edge back or lay AFL markets exclusive to Betfair. Imagine what you could be buying instead. Damien Watson and Tommy Haylock with you. Now, Tommy, it's the start of the new financial year. Point of consumption tax is on the horizon in your view. Oh, well, it's to do with horse racing, Damien. Yes,
1: and another lay in for us, uh, more of a serious lay in. Uh, Point of consumption tax, POC tax, as people call it, rising from twenty to twenty-five percent in the ACT. So that is uh, very disappointing. It's clear that the industry don't want racing in the ACT, and I dare say the end is near. You um, in, all, in horse racing yep. in in the ACT. So, Dr. Marisa Patterson tweeted um, the other day: big budget news. The ACD has become an become a significantly less profitable jurisdiction for international online betting operators. From July 1, 2023, the tax on bets in the ACT will rise to 25%. So, it's gone from 20% to 25%, Damo. So, what that means, they're trying, the government, and this is the Labor government have tried to implement a tax on corporate bookmakers. Um, and I must highlight that Betfair's not a corporate bookmaker, but we still applied these taxes. But Corporate bookmakers um, get taxed more on the point of consumption, so they're out now for twenty five percent. The government is trying to, and Dr. Marisa Patterson is essentially trying to tax bookmakers and offshore bookmakers more. The problem with this, Damien, is bookmakers still have budgets to hit; they've got bottom lines. They pass simply pass that tax onto the punters with higher market percentages. So instead of betting into markets at 125% or 120%, you're betting into 125% markets or 130% markets, which basically means punters lose quicker. So it goes against everything the government is trying to do on the same hand about responsible gambling. So your recreational clients suddenly lose 5 or 10% quicker. So it's not sustainable. It's very disappointing news. And they don't understand that the corporate book is simply apply those uh, taxes on to punters. So that is very disappointing. Just wanted to get that off my chest.
0: Okay, fair enough. Just as a bit of a follow-up, hmm. the appetite for racing at the ACT, just looking at it from another point of view, is it really there? Do you think there is justification to keep it going if there's not that demand. But I suppose it extends beyond the borders, doesn't it?
1: It extends beyond the... But there's a lot of jobs at stake here as well. Yeah. So it's... Racing in general, I think it's the second or third biggest industry in Australia in terms of employment. It's a huge industry. So uh, you've got to think of that. There's horse, horse welfare issues as well, that if they don't want racing in the ACT, uh, what's what the, what's going to happen there? Obviously, Singapore, we saw that a couple of weeks ago announcing their um, end. Um, to
0: racing, so... In the end of 2024, towards the end of 2024.
1: Yes, yes. Um, So that'll do. I'll just, I'll leave it as that. Um, Have you been buying Taylor Swift tickets this week, Damien?
0: I haven't made an attempt. Probably. (laughs) No? Probably no point, given it broke the internet in Australia. It did. Ronnie's just
1: texted in, I'm putting Taylor Swift tickets in the bin, uh, in the lay bin. I couldn't give a damn if you've got them or not. I just don't want to know about it. So I tend to agree.
0: Are you a Taylor Swift fan?
1: Uh... Not really, but I don't dislike it. I don't mind a couple of her songs, but I wouldn't go and line up for online for four hours to buy tickets. Put it that
0: way. I quite like her. I'm not sure. I don't really go to concerts in general, anyway. But I'm a bit of a frugal character, as you know, Tommy. Where <laughs> uh, are those stakes going, Damien? Yeah, don't, don't pay 80 bucks <laughs> for steak. I won't mention that. I won't mention the war. Yeah. Bernie, I should address his question as well. Yeah, the John Eels kick was in Wellington. I apologise, not Eden Park, because the Eden Park who has been going for a long period of time. So thank you, Bernie, for the correction there. Now, just in relation to the ACT, you mentioned the point of consumption tax. The Canberra Raiders, of course, based in the ACT, they had a controversial win over the Gold Coast Titans yesterday with a controversial no-try call, probably costing Titans victory. 26 to 22, and the other big result, the Cowboys absolutely hammered the West Tigers 74 to nothing. We saw a few one-sided results in the AFL, but I think the NRL came up trumps in that. And, of course, the Melbourne Storm v. Pembroke game, I think for a fleeting moment I saw the score line. The Storm were up fourteen to nothing, and then about three minutes later, it seemed it was sixteen to fourteen. The Panthers' way, and they robbed home to victory in front of over twenty-six thousand at Marvel Stadium. They the put other the night.
1: foot down. They're now favourite on betfair.com.au, Damien. Uh, well, they have been for some time. Three dollars twenty. Penrith Broncos six dollars twenty. The Rabbitohs six forty. Melbourne Storm out to eight dollars now. Um, looks like one of those four teams. I think Penrith the deserved favourites.
0: Yeah, they are the benchmark, and the fact that they had the fortitude to come back from that deficit I means some teams would get a little bit carried away with trying to change a few things, but they stuck to the task, made sure, and this is the thing with the NRL this season, there's a lot of teams coming back from behind, so just goes to show if you have that character and self-belief, as the Panthers do, and look, they've been around the traps for a long period of time amongst the top echelons, so I'm no, not really surprised at all in that respect. Another one I want to touch on is Wimbledon. So Wimbledon gets underway in the ensuing hours. And I mentioned off the top, Nick Kyrgios will come in probably a little bit underdone. I know Tom Woodbridge has been pretty vocal as to the potential for him to bow out early on because he just doesn't have that physical preparation under his belt with real competitive tennis. He's played a few exhibition matches this year, but that's really about it. So... Having a look at the market, I know that there's a few other big names in both the men's and women's uh, singles tournaments. What's the market suggesting at the moment?
1: Great place to bet on uh, Wimbledon men's and women's Betfair. You get great odds. Like Curious, for example, you can get $70 uh, about him on Mm. au. So Djokovic clearly... uh, clearly, the, the man to beat. A dollar seventy currently. You can lay him at a seventy one if you don't think he'll win. He's hard to bet against. Uh, Alcaraz five dollars thirty. Sinner twenty five. Medvedev twenty six. Then you got Zverev, Kyrgios, quarter, and Arun uh, about that sixty to sixty five to seventy mark. Um, the women's, I I find women's tennis very hard to follow in terms of betting into. Very. Well, it's consistent. a very unpredictable.
0: Three sets as
1: well, unpredictable. There are a lot of upsets, but Swiatek $4.20, Sabalenka $7.20, Rybakina, $7.20 as well. If you're keen for a bet um, on the tennis, Steve from Ace Previews does a fantastic job for Betfair. Head over to Betfair Hub, betfair.com.au forward slash hub. All his selections are up there, Damien, so check them out. He's um, a very good judge. You can follow him on social media as well. um, His knowledge of tennis is
0: outstanding. Sensational. You mentioned Alcaraz as well. It'll be interesting to see how he goes because the exit from the French was a little bit disappointing. But having said that, he's had a couple of injury setbacks earlier in the year, obviously very early on in January and then again, I think, from memory in late March, early April. So maybe he's just starting to get into his work. But, yeah, the joker's the one to beat, isn't he? He just has that experience. He doesn't mind the grass. Is he the GOAT? I think think based on fewer records, I think by the time we can purely judge based on... When we get to the end of his career, to make an accurate judgment, but you'd have to say yes, wouldn't you, based yes. on his record?
1: Yeah, um, he is. Yep, I agree. Uh, the favourite at Kilcoy, by the way, the mm. two looks very hard to beat here. Um, I've done done a bit of Kilcoy
0: form today, so. I had the racing go yesterday. We had finals day at Flemington. Finals day at Flemington.
1: Betfair, starting price stood up really well as well. It was a good day. Uh, yeah, Golden Path won the last, paid $6.70. Mitch Beer, uh, kudos to him. His first listed race as a trainer since going to Albury. He's a good man. Uh, Nementh won that Sandra Lane Sprint Series final for Mitch Beer, and we've done a bit of work with him at Betfair. Congratulations, Mitch. You're on the backboard. Superb effort from him. Good price. Betfair started price as well. Top Tote paid $12. Betfair starting price, $14.03, so almost 17% better than Top Tote there on Nementh. Uh, Brilliant performance, Mitch Beer. Congratulations.
0: Fantastic. Now, just before we head to a break, I should mention that the Carlton v. Hawthorne game today surrounds the Dare to Hope campaign, daretohope.com.au, to, to honour the late Paul Deere. Of course, 1991 Norm Smith medalist, best on ground in that 91 grand final for Hawthorne. He passed away of pancreatic cancer, so the whole cause is to raise awareness for pancreatic cancer, and you can donate as well via daretohope.com.au. So for those heading to the MCG today, I encourage you. To get around that, and there'll be a tribute through purple socks that are being worn. And I was actually at the Coats Talent League, which is the under 18 competition now, uh, yesterday, and his son, Kalsha played for the Sandringham Dragons, where they had their own event there, and he kicked the first goal of the game. He was visibly moved, quite emotional, to kick the first goal of the game for the Dragons to honour his father as well. So a shout-out to the Deer family. They've had a tough time of it and pancreatic cancer, absolutely terrible, as we know. So it's a great cause. Get behind it, au. That'll be available. Certainly more information about it at the MCG today. We'll take a break. You're listening to the Sunday Betfair Edge. We might touch on today's AFL fixtures on the other side of this.
1: AFL cricket odds. We'll talk
0: a bit about tonight play as well absolutely you're listening into the Sunday Betfair Edge back or late test cricket only at Betfair what's gambling really costing you Welcome back. You're listening to the Sunday Betfair Edge. Damien Watson and Tommy Haylock with you. And of course we're here for Betfair. Back or late AFL markets exclusive to Betfair. Imagine what you could be buying instead. Speaking of AFL markets, there was a fair amount of fluctuation last night in the Essendon v Port game. What happened there?
1: Unbelievable
0: match. Obviously,
1: it looked like Port were home and host at various stages through the last quarter. Then Essendon came back, kicked three in a row, I think it was, late in the game, to get in front in the final moments. But Port Adelaide on Betfair.com.au they got down to as low as a dollar oh two, with f- almost six thousand dollars matched at the dollar oh two when they were three or four goals up. Then the Bombers came back, hit the front with a minute to go. They hit a dollar eleven with two thousand and sixty five dollars matched at the dollar eleven.
0: Wow.
1: So you've had Port matched at a dollar oh two, Bombers matched at a dollar eleven. Port got. In that final minute of the game, Port got to (laughs) $10.50. Of course. And the Bombers hit a high of $38 um, before getting and fighting the
0: front before getting to $1.11. Probably at 500 potentially when Houston was lining up. (laughs) Because no one thought he would kick
1: it. Correct. (laughs) Unbelievable um, match and uh, incredible fluctuations on you? All right, it's
0: mail time. Let's have a look at the AFL fixtures today. Hawthorne v Carlton. A lot of people tuning in on their way to the MCG today. Can the Blues... Well, they defeated the Gold Coast not too long ago. Can they continue a little bit of a reinvigoration or can the Hawks effectively put the stamp on their season and effectively end it for the Blues?
1: I hope this is a good game. Uh, Hawthorne $3.55, Colton thirty-eight. So they go in as warm favourites. You'd think they, they're a better team than Hawthorne, but mm. Hawthorne are a very plucky side. So it could be competitive. Uh, Melbourne, GWS coming up as well. Melbourne $1. forty-six. I just... Melbourne are just going at the moment.
0: This is in Alice Springs as well, I should mention, which is a little bit different when it comes to conditions.
1: Correct. Uh, the gloves might be out. $3.10 for GWS. And West Coast, St Kilda. West Coast, $15. Oh. Um, St Kilda, $1.06. Keep an eye on next week's match between West Coast and Brisbane to see what price West Coast get to. Because oh. Brisbane are oh one at the moment. <laughs> Uh, West Coast could get out to some absurd price. So it's going to be an interesting match, I hope. Uh, it's a really interesting um, West Coast going forward for the rest of the year. Adelaide have got them final round. Carlton have got them. Obviously, St Kilda have got them. These are the teams that are vying for top eight positions, but also the Coleman medal. Taylor Walker, Charlie Kerno, Charlie Kerno kicked nine against Carlton last time, uh, against, against West, West Coast. Coast last yep. time they met. Tex kicked 10. So um, if it comes down to the final round with Tex uh, potentially needing three or four goals or eight goals even, there's still a chance. So uh, really interesting there. So head over to betfair.com.au for that. The Brownlow medal, well, it's all about Nick Dacos mm. now. $2.68 at the moment, betfair.com.au. Zach Butters continues to play well. Patraka, uh, Butters $5.40. per tracker, six forty. Tim Taranto, $8.20. Bontempelli 8 dollars Twenty Jordan Dawson, $11.50. And Lachie Neal's been the big firm over the last probably three or four weeks. Is starting to find his best football again. So you'd think they cost is Brownlow to lose at the moment.
0: Does that correlate just quickly? It often does correlate with your team's performance as well because you're more likely to get votes. So that's probably what's going to cost Taranto, particularly if Richmond... Continue on like they did the other night, you know, even though he has performed pretty well in losing sides. He arguably should have probably got the three votes when they lost to Port Adelaide a number of weeks ago, Taranto. He was the best player on the ground despite playing in a losing side. And he with three team's, goals
1: and have 30-odd. His yeah. his last five weeks outside of um, this week was outstanding. He's been kicking goals. He's been averaging uh, low
0: 30s or mid-30s. So Hard to, to get to the free good. votes when you're losing, though.
1: That That's is true. Thing. That is true. Um Collingwood favorites for the flag $3.75 Port Four 40 Melbourne $6.80 Brisbane 660 Geelong if they still make it there on the fifth line $14.50 they've got to make the eight and the draw unbelievable um, I don't know if that favors anyone or doesn't favor anyone um, top 8 teams demo
0: yeah, the, the Carlton, the Carlton supporters will be listening. Do they have any chance according to the post? Oh, punters?
1: six dollars twenty. So you'd say no. Mm. Um, Richmond five dollars ten. Fremantle four dollars seventy. But it comes down to Essendon a dollar eighty, St Kilda Geelong 60-ish, 50, um, so a Geelong a sixty ish, Adelaide a Bulldogs $1.37. So the real mix there.
0: Let's finish off with the cricket. Yes, Aussies win tonight. I would think so, but you never know. We <laughs> uh, found out last Test match.
1: After that stark um, catch that wasn't paid a catch, gee, um, oh, I hope they do. Australia at seventeen, Right. Lay them at eighteen if you don't like them. England, $7.20. The draw, we well, got that right. You can lay out or trade out now. $8.85 eight, $8 50, for the draw. Yeah. So, looks like there'll be a, a result. Come on, Australia, Damien.
0: Well, Get hopefully, pumped. Hopefully that's the case. A lot of people be staying up late. Tommy, appreciate your time once again and welcome back.
1: Been an absolute pleasure, mate. Thank you.
0: Fantastic. And there'll be a number of late nights to come, potentially I'm tired. watching Wimbledon and the Ashes. Oh, sleeping patterns would be absolutely significant for a lot of people over the coming days to manage. We'll obviously wrap up there. Crunch time in your various markets. Trackside on the track stations as well. Take care. Have a fantastic remainder of your Sunday. And don't forget, back or lay test cricket only at Bedfair. What's gambling really costing you?